want to invite you up here now and hear what you have to say. Hello, my friends on Zoom. <laughs> I'm the only one that can see you. <laughs> hey, um, just wanted uh, to thank Kevin for asking me yesterday. <laughs> Didn't really have too much time to plan, but you know what? Let's make it happen, folks. Um, I uh, am very grateful to be here, and it was funny because um, I'm fortunate that my sponsee is here today as well. I have one sponsee currently, and uh, Brian is sitting in the back of the bus, uh, so I'm a little concerned about that. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, it, it, it's pretty funny because I actually... Uh, he said, does that mean I have to show up? And I said, I think that would be a wise decision. <laughs> no, just kidding. It was funny, actually, because uh, Brian came here, I think, for the first time last week, and he said, oh, what a great meeting. I said, it is a great meeting. Unfortunately, Thursdays just usually don't jive for me. And, and, and then here we are next week. <laughs> so glad to be here. Um, so I, uh, I, I was up a little early and did some studying and stuff like that, so I am a little tired. Um, so Kevin and I were joking. Um, I'd like to start with a 30-minute meditation, and if I, start, <laughs> if I start drooling, just yell real loud to wake me up. But um, here's the real deal, though. Um, you know, I think I was asked um, to talk about sponsorship because I'm in that range of under 10 years, but close to 10 years. Okay, so my sobriety date is March 7th of uh, 2014, so I have about nine and a half, nine and three quarters years. And by the grace of God, hopefully I'll hit 10. But anyways, um, I was talking with my sponsor, uh, Steve B. I think you probably know, a lot of you know him. And um, I said, you know what, this isn't going to be a sunshine story. You know, trying to figure out how to be a sponsor your first 10 years is a rocky road. You know, there was some highs and lows, and you know, I'm a project manager, and there were definitely some lessons learned. And you know what? I grew as a person, and I grew in the program by um, learning, you know, by example, how to be a sponsor, and by trial and error. Um, right now, I'm a little off kilter with my triangle. I'm a little too heavy on service and not. Um, heavy enough with, um, you know, like sponsorship and things like that. And I know that's something that I need to resolve. Uh, the beauty is through rotation of service, I can um, roll out of some of my responsibilities and get a better balance. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that come March. Um, I do stuff behind the scenes, but uh, I try to help everybody. <laughs> um, but, you know, the funny thing is um, there's this uh, curmudgeon of a guy that we all love called Ebert. And uh, he always said, make sure you keep a, a newbie by your side. And uh, you know what? It's time for me to get another newbie. You know, And, and there's really a challenge when you uh, are dealing with having a newbie next to you because um, in my lead, I talk about, ooh, I get asked some pretty tough questions that maybe I haven't even thought about. And I have to take a step back and maybe sharpen my pencil a little. So that's what I talk about, the learning experience. Not learning how to be a sponsor, but you know what? Sharpening my own program, you know? And that's what I, that's what I get from being a sponsor, is um, the benefit of learning from others. And it's funny because, you know, every once in a while I'll surprise Steve and like, oh, 
oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> and, and so it makes me feel good that we can have that interrelation of, you know, just bouncing different perspectives off of each other and, you know, working for the common good of a desire to stop drinking and being sober today. So, um, When I hit about a year, I, I didn't want to sponsor anybody after a year, you know, because they always, I don't know, people have different rules and, you know, everything's a suggestion, but what do you do? So I decided that at a year, you know what, I think I might start being a sponsor. And, you know, I talked to my sponsor about it. And Steve is actually my second sponsor. My first sponsor, uh, Dave, actually taught me a lot about humility because I was that person that came in and said, I'm going to do the 12 steps in 12 days and be cured. <laughs> Glad to see you today. <laughs> Still working on it. But anyways, um, the reason um, you know, I'm fortunate that I was working on all those steps over and over again and working with a sponsor that helped me with humility is because if I didn't get that humility and learned that it wasn't all about me and me trying to control my drinking, I'd probably be dead today. No joke. Because left to my own devices, I am a retread. Yeah. So, um, you know, by the grace of God, hopefully I won't have to be again. But, um, the, when I started sponsoring people, um, all these new people started coming to me. And I, and I was going to meetings where there were newer people, which is great. And, you know, I was like fresh blood, you know. So, oh, here's this new guy who's sponsoring people. And I almost think some of them sort of tried to go with me to try and take advantage of me a little because I was the new guy and maybe didn't know any better. But, you know, I'm pretty good at calling BS on people. <laughs> a couple people were a little disappointed right off the bat. And, and I'm one of those, I, I know you can't believe this, but I'm one of those passive-aggressive kind of people that, did I just get yelled at <laughs> when we're having a little conversation? I feel like I, feel like I was just chastised a little. But um, I, I always do it in love, and especially because you have to be the hand reaching out. You don't want to alienate the person, you know? You know, left to my own devices. Who knows if I'm not the next person to pick up the drink. So be the hand that reaches out. But um, anyways, all these newer people started coming in and uh, dealing with me. And um, I'm like, oh my God, you know what? I am the bomb. All, the, all, all these people want me to be their sponsor. And I had like... You know what? It's a learning phase. It's a learning phase. And, and, and I hope you can appreciate why I'm talking about my learning because maybe someone will learn from me. But, you know, hey, I have six sponsees and I work full time and I do all this volunteer work and I really don't have time to deal with these sponsees. Hey, do new sponsees need time? No. About 15 minutes a day. <laughs> right? Wrong. And, and then all of a sudden I started getting fired. I'm like, how could you fire me? You know? And, and, and uh, you know, but, you know, and, and in some ways, you know, it's part of my growing. I had to gain humility on this. I don't know everything about everything, and I'm not here trying to preach it. I only know what I know, and I do the best I can, uh, learning from other people's experiences. But um, anyways, I remember the first person that fired me. He, ca he came up to me and said, you don't want what I, or I don't want what you have. Okay, 
Good luck to you. <laughs> I haven't seen him. So, I, you know, I wish him well and I pray for him on occasion. But, um, you know what? I don't have what everybody wants. That's the beauty of AA. You look for someone who has something you want. Certain sobriety, certain, you know, aura, whatever the case may be. Like when I was looking for my, I'll call permanent sponsor, as permanent as permanent can be for today, you know, I was looking at someone who worked a good program, had fun, and lived life. Because if all I had to do was go to AA meetings, I'd be pretty bored and I'd, and I'd probably be a dry drunk because I wouldn't be hanging out with any of you. But what I do is I go to meetings, I deal with fellowship, I see Chaz at Cooks Forest and Judy, you know, <laughs> Jack's there, you know, with his camper. It's all good time. But you know what? That's part of the process. You know, uh, Brian, Brian came with us this year to Cooks Forest, and I already have um, Site 173 booked in the spring, so come on over, we'll get a hot dog. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, I'll tell you though, it, that was a lot of humility, because I really crashed and burned as a sponsor right off the bat. And then another thing that happened was, you know what? A sponsor is a sponsor is a sponsor. And um, it, I'm just giving my opinion about what my capabilities are. I never did drugs other than, well, a little something. But anyways, <laughs> I didn't inhale. But um, what, 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 um, I, didn't, I didn't do the heavy stuff. But you know what? Someone who has done other types of substances, I don't know how to work with that person personally. You know, and I actually had a sponsee that almost died. And that opened my eyes because he was lying to me that alcohol was his drug of choice. No, it wasn't. It was a, a bigger and better drug. So, you know, I learned really hard that this is life and death and this isn't about me. So enough about me. Why don't, I talk, why don't I talk about me some more? <laughs> Just kidding. No, it's, it, no, what I'm talking about is sponsorship. And, you know, I think the relationship um, that you develop with um, sponsees is really a special relationship, whether it be the relationship with my sponsor, grand sponsor. You know, I bump into Andy every once in a while, and he's like, I like what you're doing. You know, but, but um, you know, what's nice is you know, you have those frank conversations and working the steps with your sponsee. You're bouncing ideas off of each other, comparing notes. And you know what? It was crazy how many similarities um, that some of my sponsees and I had. But there were differences, too, that we had to work through and learn from. And it's at step four and five that you're all about the boo-hoo, poor me, look what they did to me. Well, what was your part? What do you mean? <laughs> you know, taking that step back, it's like, whoa. But, but you know what? It's also seeing all the great things that people do in their lives and the, the, and the great things that people are doing in their sobriety as active uh, members of Alcoholics Anonymous, whether it be the hand that's reaching out, volunteer work service, um, helping the newcomer, you know, where Brian's sitting in the back at, at Wesleyville, when I go on occasion, I always sit in the back because that's where the new guy goes. You know, he's trying to hide. And you know what? The simple statement, it's going to be okay. 
is maybe all that person can comprehend that day. I remember when I came in and, you know, they gave me this blue book. And I'm like, I, what am I going to do with this blue book? And I was so clouded in the mind, I couldn't even, of course we know it's the big book, but I was so clouded in my mind, my, my first sponsor would say, read up to page blah, blah, blah. And he'd say, did you read it? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, I never did, because, you know what, if I read it, I didn't remember anything. And I'm still sort of that way with the big book. You know, if I remember a phrase, that's what I hold on to for the day, you know. And that's okay, because, you know, if that's my gig and that keeps me sober today, who am I to, you know, mess with it? But, um, you know, there's a, a meeting that I do like going to with uh, people that I'm new sponsoring with, and it's a 12 and 12 big book meeting and um, Big Book 12 and 12 meeting in Northeast. Um, I've, I've uh, temporarily given it up as my home group and now I'm glad you're here uh, for a little while for a fresh perspective. But, you know, I do think it's important to be in a Big Book discussion meeting where you're not just hearing my opinion, but you're hearing other people's stories and comparisons and, you know, relation, relating to other people's stories. Because um, I remember when I was first not drinking and, you know, I guess sober, you know, with, with you know, spaghetti in my head. I, I'd go to the club and sit there, and everybody would be giving me advice, and I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea what to listen to. Ten people told me ten different things. What are you going to do? And, and so um, I actually... One day, I'm like, I appreciate everybody's input, and you know what? I need to talk to my sponsor about this. And you know, I do like bouncing ideas off of people, whether it be Greg, whether it, you know, it, it, it be Kathy or Marianne or whoever. Whoa, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, you get a different perspective and say, hey Steve, I was thinking about such and such a thing and maybe this is, you know, what do you think about this? And when I was first sponsoring people, you know, someone would say, hey, should I go to two meetings a day? Oh, I don't know. I better call Steve and ask him. <laughs> you know, like it, like it was simple stuff. You have to learn, you know, how to be a sponsor. And, you know, um, fortunately with Brian, I was around the block a few times as a sponsor, so I haven't had too many instances where I've had to scratch my head and call Steve, but I know he's always up for the call. Um, but um, it, it's, it's nice because we can compare notes and take different perspectives on things. And, and, and as an example, um, you know, we thought, you know, during the pandemic, everybody wasn't getting together for meetings. I, I was, I'm a caregiver for my mom, so I didn't want to be around you. And please don't take it the wrong way because you know I love y'all. But I had to be careful because I didn't want my mom to die. And, and because of that, um, my um, friend BJ and Brian and I went to Panera and sat outside and drank coffee and went through emotional sobriety one and two and compared notes and talked, yeah. And, and, and it was a really good experience, you know. And, it, you know, are there meetings that talk about emotional sobriety? Yeah. But is it sort of nice to have a couple people just have a powwow? How many people do you need for a meeting? Two, right? So, you know, it, it was nice that we could get together and have a different perspective and, you know, compare it to our lives. And, you know, um, and I hope you don't mind me talking about um, your steps, Brian, but uh, when Brian came in, he had done the steps. 
you know, but I'm like, hey, let's do them over again. And you know what? By me doing the steps over with him, you always get a fresh perspective on the steps and in the traditions because the steps and the traditions interrelate, as we know. Uh, did I understand the traditions for the first three years? No, because I had spaghetti in my head, you know, with a little marinara sauce. But um, you know, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it, it's nice because okay, I'll get a handle on the steps with a sponsee, and then I can move on to the next step. No pun intended. You know, um, there have been people who have asked me to be their sponsor that I thought could work a really good program, but I didn't think the program would be worked really well with me. And that's, that's where I started changing. It wasn't all about me. Can you believe it? And, um, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. But, but um, I, I was... You know, there was this one individual um, that was like a polar opposite of me, and I felt like I couldn't get through to this person. And I'm like, this person is at risk of going back out and dying if I, if I don't try and lead this person to the right resource. And so um, I happened to have a friend in the program that I thought would be a good match. And um, he ended up having a great conversation with him, got different perspectives on things, ended up getting a different sponsor from that person. But at least I gave that person hope that there were people in the program that thought similarly in recovery to the way he thought and that there was a solution for that person. I don't see him in the rooms too much. I think he does a lot of Zooms. But I guess I'm just grateful that he's not drinking and trying to work a program in his own way. Because who am I to suggest to him what to do? I'm not his sponsor. Um, you know, the being a retread was one of the hardest things I had to do. And I, I really only went out for a day. But I'm not minimizing it, because it's an honest program. I drank, and here it is, folks. But the amount of, and, and, and I'm not saying this is okay, but this is what I felt in my heart, was really bad shame. And I was just really ashamed of what I did. And you know what? Whenever someone reintroduces, and even if it's a sponsee, welcome back. And um, like I talked, I talked about lessons learned, um, in, you know, that I did as a project manager. And in the past, I'd be like, "Hey, what do you what do you think? Maybe we could have done differently." And quite honestly, in my program, I'll tell you what got me, you know, into a relapse was my self will. I kept on saying. Yeah, I turn it over. Yeah, I turn it over. Yeah, I turn it over. But I didn't mean it because I'm going to control turning it over. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the reality of where I was at. So now I see that in sponsees here and there, and I can foresee that. Thanks, thanks to my experience, I can maybe help that person work through that maybe your self-will isn't going to get you sober. You know, that there needs to be something a little more powerful than yourself. 
And, uh, you know, that self-will was a doozy. And, and you know what? You know, I'm powerless over alcohol. My life has become unmanageable. There's a power greater than me. Turn my will over. Okay, steps one through three. <laughs> yeah, I ain't done nothing. <laughs> you know, so, so what do I have to do to try and uh, make, make those count and make it matter? And it was funny because um, in, in it was after I had relapsed and I was still working on my self-will, but I was in a room in the circle for the Lord's Prayer. I happen to be Christian, but you know everybody has their own higher power. Um, and it was, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What do you mean, thy will be done? That's, you know how I said in the big book, all I, all I read was four words? That's all I heard. That's all I hear in the Lord's Prayer, is thy will be done now. It's huge. And I try and point that out to, you know, whoever I'm working with. So, um, I actually had a conversation uh, with Brian, and I said, I think we need to start going to some beginner meetings and getting some fresh meat to, to um, you know, be the hand that reaches out. You know, I, I'm not saying what I'm doing is perfect, and I never claimed that from walking in. But have I learned a lot from it? Absolutely. You know, do I think, um, you know, by being a sponsor, you know, whether people stay or go, I do the best I can, but I can't do it for them. And at the end of the day, you hear it all, all the time. Well, I stayed sober. Yeah. Hate to be that way, but you know what? I have to stay sober. You know? And there's a lot of elation sometimes when you get to a certain milestone with a sponsee. You know, when you're like, oh, the, they're getting this or getting that or, you know, you know, it, it, it really is exciting. And, um, you know, that's when you're like, okay, what's our next step? You know. And, you know, uh, sometimes you go to different meetings and compare notes, like Brian and I do, you know. He's going to different meetings, I go to different meetings, and we sort of compare notes on what we're doing. And you're going to hear his story if you go to Glad You're Here in February, just saying. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I couldn't ask for a better experience, you know, of being a sponsor. You know, it helps me stay sober and help the other alcoholic achieve sobriety. So, you know, given that I was given a little lead time to try and put something together, I think I'm going to wrap this up. Um, I, am I sort of close on time? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ask your questions. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, just so you know, um, uh, I can see everybody and you can't. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so I'll open it up for questions. Thanks, Rick. All right, we've got a hand already, right here. Great job, Rick. Uh, I'm an alcoholic. My name's Greg McFadden. Um, my question is uh, how do you combat? <clears throat> when you're working with somebody and they want to go shop for answers? 
when they want to go shop for answers? Well, when you, you find out that that's what they're doing, mm -hmm. how do you, what do you do with that? How do you talk to them? What do you... Yeah, that's one question. Yeah. I got it? a lot of them, but... <laughs> what's... What, <laughs> Oh. Letting you off the hook, kid. So wait a minute. The heckler's usually in the back. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, you know, shop shopping for answers. Don't you love asking questions until you get the answer you want instead of the answer you need? You know, how do you call BS on, on those people? You know, um, you know. I think sometimes, like I had said, like I had said. Um, it's okay to get differing opinions, but I think it's I think it's very important to always sort of circle back with your sponsor and let you know the opinions you get. Because you know what? If I'm gonna be in the fellowship and go out to Perkins and not ask you anything and not really care what you have to say, why bother going? But you know, if other people are sort of giving me sort of perspectives on things, I told you how I was in the club and was overwhelmed. You know, that can happen easily to a sponsee. So, you know, I think you have to sort of temper that. And maybe, especially for the newer person, um, you know, you know, because it's so important for a new person to go to 90 meetings in 90 days and call your sponsor daily and have those daily conversations, you know, hopefully you're establishing that relationship with your sponsee right off the bat. And my time is up for the speech part. <laughs> now we're in the Q&A. Okay, so that's my perspective, Greg. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Hey, Rick, Eric, alcoholic. Yeah. How much time would you say, and do you have, like, how much time did you anticipate devoting to, like, a new sponsee per week? Yeah. Uh, 15 minutes. No, <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> that's why I didn't work too well. No. Um, realistically, um, you know, I up, I up my game. I up my meetings because I want to hear what they're hearing so we can have conversations about that. And just by, you know, co-going to meetings with a new sponsee, I find that I, um, you know, spend a lot more time doing that. And then having the coffee or the conversation over the phone, I could see, you know, a typical sponsee could easily be five to ten hours a week. No joke. And that's why I'm like, okay, me and my five sponsees, um, yeah, I, the 50 hours a week didn't work. You know? So, um, yeah, so realistically, I, I personally think for me to do a service to AA and to that sponsee, I think you have to have some time commitment. Oh, we're back to Greg. Greg. I'm an alcoholic. My name is Greg. Hello, Greg. Rick. Yes. Um, I shouldn't turn back here and look. Um, drew a blank there <clears throat> when you're working with that newcomer mm -hmm. how much as far as going through the steps how how do you I know it's a judgment call but how fast do you think you how fast do you try to work them up through the steps mm -hmm. like I know yeah. I guess what I'm saying is it's their responsibility to make contact with the sponsor. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're not the AA police. Sure. Okay, they're responsible for their recovery and their own rescue. Mm -hmm. You know, so I guess that's what I'm asking is, you know, how do you you you, you toe the line on that? You know, in that area. It, it, you know, with the, with some with some grace, but yet a kick in the swift kick in the ass. Sure. 
Okay. And, and I think that's the important part when you're first working with a sponsee is trying to really get an understanding of where they're at, you know, because, um, like, you can't say, okay, this week we're working on step one, and then in two weeks we're working on step two. Absolutely not, you know. There are certain individuals that you might need to work on step one for two years. You know, I, I'm not underestimating this. It's really getting a good understanding of what this person is. And you know what? It's not a, it's not a badge of honor on my shoulder if I got them through the steps in two months. Great. You know? Yeah, that person's ready to go back out. You know? And I, well, everybody's different, you know? My 12 days of steps didn't work, <laughs> like the 12 days of Christmas, right? Um, but, um, you know, but, you know, I truly think in retrospect, Greg, me individually, I think it took me a year to get through step one. I thought I was through it in a month, month and a half. I was lying to myself. You know, it wasn't until I really, the powerless over alcohol, you know. I had power and I drank. <laughs> but, um, you know, unfortunately, you can't make people's decisions for them and you can't push them. Like with my first uh, sponsor, uh, did you read those pages in the book? Uh-huh. You know, I didn't read anything, you know. But, you know, you know, when I started working the steps and start, started going to the big book 12 and 12 and having conversations with my sponsor and, you know, going to retreat where we're going through 12 steps or 12 traditions or whatever the case may be, you know, that's where I was really digging in and having the heart-to-heart -heart with others. But I was fortunate and, um, you know, Brian and I, I think, are also fortunate that we both go to retreat together and we can have conversation about these things when we're eating our dinner or whatever. And, you know, even though you're sitting at different tables hearing different things, it's awesome to compare notes. And I do the same thing with Steve. Thanks. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Rick. Uh, thanks for being a fill-in and thanks for all you do for AA. I know you do a lot, uh, you said behind the scenes, but you do an awful lot for us, so thank you. Um, you mentioned uh, in terms of selecting a sponsor uh, that you might suggest, you know, finding somebody who has what you want. My, my question is, are there some other, if someone were to ask you, now how do I pick a sponsor? What are some of the other things that you might suggest to consider when picking a sponsor yeah I think I think uh, the beauty of maybe not like right when you walk in the door and say hey I need a sponsor but starting to listen to people and say and hear what seems to make sense to you in these meetings you know sometimes like if you're going to a lead meeting you hear lead after lead after lead and you hear stories but I think it's important that um, a new person also go to a discussion group and whether they're ready to participate and you know state things I don't know but you hear people's perspectives and you know you can then relate to the person and 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 so Jack to your point um, you know hey you know during that meeting I sort of liked what Eric said you know I think I want to, hey, you want to grab a coffee after? Let's talk about this a little more and try and, you know, get a sense of, hey, no offense, I'm shopping, okay? And I need to stay sober. So who do I think 
will help me stay sober. You know, um, it's, it's, it's not the person with the flashy car or the, you know, whatever. Like, who do I think in their heart of hearts is working a good program and says stuff to me that makes sense? You know, what makes sense to me with close to 10 years versus what made sense to me in my first year? Can't even compare it. You know, the, the first person I wanted to be my sponsor, I didn't realize he was a drug dealer at the AA meeting. <laughs> I thought he knew what he was talking about. But it just shows you, you have to, you have to evolve. You know, and, and I'm, I'm not embarrassed about it. That's how screwed up I was. You know, how, you're stinking thinking, you know, your alcoholic mind will let you believe anything you want. Hey, this guy is totally full of crap. Why don't I get him as my sponsor and I won't have to work too hard, you know? Where would that get me? Nowhere. Thank God he said no. Because you know what? He realized I probably really wanted to work a program. He's dead. I'm alive. You know? So, does that help? Okay, thanks, Jack. Anybody else? Oh, yeah, I gotta get the penny calorie back. Oh, there's Kathy. Kathy with her questions. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, we're Kathy Alcoholic. Um, my experience in, in sponsorship was I had a sponsor pretty right off the bat, but she left town and uh, abandoned. I, she had a bunch of sponsees, so we were all out there looking at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it was a really bad time to find a sponsor because... Um, a lot of the people with, with women in the in AA at that time were not taking sponsees. So my experience was no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Until I finally, and mind you, I'm not even six months sober, and it was really hard. You know, one no maybe, but you know, after it's multiple times, I stopped looking, you know, I just winged it. I, I probably spent another six months on my own until I felt so, I felt guilty at a meeting when they were talking about sponsorships and I finally picked one who didn't really work out. But mm -hmm. how do we as sponsors keep that from happening? I mean, that in itself can, can really hurt our, you know, new people. And, you know, I don't know how many times they've been somebody said no to them but how do you as a as a person deal I mean because we can't always accept a million people there's lots of times we're mm -hmm. too busy but how do you deal with the, the thought that that person has been told no with no support numerous times yeah and Kathy uh, thanks for bringing that up because I really didn't touch upon that because I wasn't talking about me as a well I did talk about me as a sponsee but I want to touch upon that because when I was first uh, my meeting was the straight arrow group that meets every day of the year you know on the east side and um, it took me about two months to get a sponsor and it was so funny because uh, everybody was like well do you have a sponsor and I'm like no and I'm like do you would you be my sponsor well no <laughs> I'm like Put your money where your mouth is, you know? It's like, so here I was, you know, and, you know, thanks for putting the perspective of the newcomer in this meeting because I couldn't get a sponsor right off the bat. And then, you know, I went to a beginner's meeting 
who are you going to find as a sponsor in the beginners meeting? It's, it's total mayhem. Now I know enough to know enough that there are people in the beginners meeting that are the hand that are reaching out. But when you walk in there, you're like, <laughs> you know. I actually, um, in the gratitude meeting, I actually got up in the middle of the meeting and said, I'm done. And walked out. I said it in my mind. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. You know, nobody wants to be my sponsor. Um, but you know what's funny is, you ever go to the old timers picnic? It's very sad in my mind because the old timers picnic is not about the old timers at all. It should be about the newcomer hearing about the old timers' experience, strength, and hope. And you know, every year I go on that Facebook page and say, hey, bring a newcomer with you, come on. But they don't. And so are we as sponsors doing our job? You know, how many sponsors have newcomers that they should be saying, let's go to this old-timers picnic? You know, we want to see Marianne be one of the last ones. <laughs> but, 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 you know, you know we, we love the old-timers picnic, and there's a zen that's there, and, and it's a really a lot of peace, but how do we get people involved in all these different types of activities? And um, to your point, Kathy, of all these people who are potential sponsors saying no, you know, you've got to stick your neck out and be asked. You know, If I'm sitting in my meeting, oh, by the way, I don't know if you've been to a meeting where everybody sits at the same table with the same people all the time and there's no extra seat at the table. Nobody's ever been there. Um, how, welcome, how welcome as a newcomer do I feel? Not welcome at all. Do I feel like I can go to anybody and ask them to be my sponsor? They don't want anything to do with me. That's the impression I got as a sponsee. So um, sometimes you see me bouncing around at meetings, you know, different spots, and that's okay because you never know who's going to sit next to me that needs a hand reaching out to them. So thanks for asking that question, Kathy. And I'm sorry if I sound judgmental, but yes, I am. <laughs> So, sorry, you all know me on Zoom. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. No surprises. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rick, uh, you know, uh, you do a lot of things behind the scenes, and uh, my question has to do, you know, uh, it got asked from you to, you know, participate on the hotline, mm -hmm. okay? And uh, and it's been an and it's been an experience, you mm -hmm. know, with all that we've had gone through there. Sure. Um, we had some heckler from Massachusetts that would call like 24-7 for like six months in But a row there's been some blessings. Uh, Huge okay. blessings. And I'm sorry on I cut your, you off. On, your, on that note, um, you know, that new person, when they're talking to you, and, and we exchange the numbers a lot of times, uh -huh. or we meet at a meeting and whatnot, <clears throat> and you, t you hit base on that a little bit as far as <clears throat> a while back, when I was working before my back surgeries, I had to go out of town for work in California. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wasn't gonna be uh, able to work with this guy. And he was brand, you know, like, he, he was right there. You know, like, he was my shadow, okay? Uh -huh. And he, like, he was living and breathing through me, you know? And, uh, and going to meetings, and he would meet me at meetings and stuff, but I mean, like, he didn't want 
to, to you know, I couldn't cut the umbilical cord or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with, you know, with that? Even, you know, you're, you're hitting that base with, for us as sponsors. Uh, yeah, we're really slacking in that process uh, mm -hmm. in all meetings because there's a lot of people, even at AM Sober, I've, I've caught, there's over 10 people that I know, some with two years or more, and some, you know, with less. Mm -hmm. And it says that in the big book, you know, our common, what do we, we must do, we must do that. So how do you keep stepping forward in that, you know? Yeah. And you know what's interesting about that, Greg, is um, I have to make sure with a sponsee that there doesn't come a codependency situation. Because guess what? I get in a car accident someday and die that person is lost because they don't know what to do without their sponsor. So how do you build, you know, your network of people other than your sponsor? You know, uh, granted at the beginning it's important for the sponsor sponsee. Um, I went away um, about seven years ago for like two weeks to a different country and I really could not be reached because that's, I don't know, cell phones are better now, but like back then it was like a little, you know, iffy. But I was working with a couple new people, but I was actually worried, and, it, and it's not an ego thing, please don't take it that way. They're so new and fresh, if they feel the need to call, and how many people have that phone list? You know, I didn't use it. Shame on me. But, um, you know, there are so many people who fill out their numbers that want to get called. Um, to chat, whatever the case may be, and that's another way you can get to know people. Sorry for my like, um, stream of consciousness here. <laughs> but um, just going back to, I was out of town, and I knew I wasn't going to be reachable. So, you know, what I did was I worked with my sponsees and tried to pair them up with, you know, a buddy that they could be working with. Because that's important. What if the plane crashed? I'm not coming back, guys. You know, so, you know, how do you continue? And, and, you know, we have these tragic situations where people in our program who are really revered pass away, and they have sponsees. And, you know, it's important that, you know, you have a healthy relationship but not a codependency. So thanks, Greg. Oh, Jack. I'm worried. <laughs> Here we are. My buddy Jack, we go to Cedar Point once a year. Yeah, and ride and ride and ride. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm Jack Thayer. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, hey, Jack. Uh, Rick, uh, you did a great job, and thank you for sharing your experience on sponsorship. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but when some people come into AA, they're full of crap. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, including myself, uh, you know, and I know from my experience, this isn't about me, but I wasted a lot of people's time when I first came to AA. I would say I wanted help, and I wouldn't be honest, and I would lie and be unwilling to do the work, you know, that, that I asked to do. Um, so, in your experience, how do you deal with that? If you, someone asks you for help, and you end up doing more work than they do for their sobriety. Um, how, what is the tipping point or the breaking point where you say, I'm sorry, this isn't working, you're gonna have to find someone else? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you know, I think there's an effort quotient. You know, if you're, first of all, if you're not calling me, you don't wanna be here, you know? 
know, you have to want this. And, um, you know, it's not my job to hunt you down. You know, do I want more than anything for the newcomer to be sober? Absolutely. But I'm not going to make that person sober. You know, it's their efforts working with a sponsor and a higher power that's going to make them sober. So um, if there's not a willingness, it's, it's, it's the honesty, the openness, and the willingness. How? You know, <laughs> those acronyms that drove me nuts for at least a year because, you know, it was my will, not yours. <laughs> but um, how? You know, if, if you're not honest, open, and willing, like, you know when you're being lied to. At least I've been around the block enough. Not, I can't say I don't get the wool pulled over my eyes on occasion. You know, everybody does. But, uh, you know, yeah, you can see through the fog and, and, and call, call it what it is, you know. And um, I think when it gets to the point where the dishonesty with the sponsor is sort of uh, overarching, Jack, that um, it's a relapse waiting to happen any minute. And, um, you know, sometimes I have fired people, and I hate using that word, fired, but um, I've actually fired people as a wake-up call. Hey, dude, bleep got real here, okay? This is a real issue, and if you don't do something, you're going to die. You know, and, and, you know, I try to give them a wake-up call so that, you know, okay, I better do better the second time. So, again, like I kept talking about those lessons learned, you know, it, I don't like being that person and firing someone, but if it's going to potentially have them have a different perspective and save their life, then that's what I need to do. Tough love. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Any other questions? This audience is brutal. No, just kidding. <laughs> but I have my friends on Zoom. <laughs> Yay! I know all the faces. Um, thanks for being here tonight, Rick. Yes. I, I think this will be an easy one. Do you set an expectation for your sponsees when they ask you um, if you'd be willing to work with them? Set an expectation for mm -hmm. their... Oh, did I introduce my name's Erin? I'm an alcoholic. Well, hello, Erin. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Um, I... Try not to do an expectation right off the bat. You know, I, I think what I want to do is I want to try and talk to this person once or twice. So my initial expectation is call me daily and go to meetings, okay? But then I have to really get a feel for the person because everybody's different. You know, someone, I hate to say is an easy fix versus a hard fix, but we're all different. We're all different levels of broken when we come in, you know? And, and for me to have a standard expectation for everybody, I, th I think isn't the case. Do Brian and I, have Brian and I uh, talked every day when we started working together as sponsor sponsee? No. He had a few years under his belt and he worked through, through the steps and, you know, we, we, we established what made sense, you know. So I think it's, it's all really individual and that's just the way I handle it. I know some people are very methodical when they're a sponsor. That's not me. But that's the beauty of AA is that there are different sponsors and working different programs, all with the ultimate goal, you know, everybody with the same goal. So, you know, I think part of that is, you know, being realistic up front, though. Like, this ain't a cakewalk, folks, you know. So. 
Uh oh, Carolyn. <laughs> Carolyn, alcoholic. Thank you very much. Um, really helpful. Do you have a? You're. I know that you're involved in service mm -hmm. a lot, like we've talked. You know. And so, when does that come in as a suggestion? Does that come in as a suggestion from you to your sponsees, or do you do it shoulder to shoulder, or how does that work? I just volunteer them. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, just <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> no, you know, I was fortunate. Maybe I um, should have asked Brian. <laughs> no, no, I'm it's sorry. okay. <laughs> it, no, it's okay because oh. hey. Uh, I'm an open book. Let's face facts. I was pretty open as a book today. But um, here, here's the nice thing about me working with Steve as a sponsor was that I was already involved in service work, and he's huge on service work. And we all know Steve does a lot of service work. But, um, you know, I highly recommend service work. Um, you know, like I know Brian has offered um, to be like treasurer of a meeting. Um, has chaired meetings. You know, there's all different kinds of service work. It doesn't need to be conference committee or central committee or, you know, GSR or whatever. There, you know, there's individual meetings and things like that that you can do service work. But, you know, I've been fortunate that, hey, hey, Brian, you know, you're pretty adept at this and we have a gap. Can you help? Please. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. But, um, no, seriously, um, I never... And maybe I need to talk to him about this. I don't think I volunteer him, but um, I'm, I'm appreciative for anything he does do. Like I was, the, I was the treasurer of Central Committee, and then I moved on to a different role in Central Committee. I'm like, hey, Brian, you want to take this over? I have it pretty much down to a easy, you know, thing. You want to just continue doing it? And he did. And he does the website, you know, which I think is very beneficial for all of AA Erie PA. Um, but again, it's time for him to rotate his service too. That's how important this is, you know? Newer, fresher, different experiences, different people, different sobriety. So um, I think there has to be a service requirement because it's the side of the coin, you know? The side of the triangle, you know? I mean, that's not there for kicks. You know what? Two sides of a triangle, you fall over. <laughs> Okay, so I don't know. That's my Thank perspective. You. Thanks, Carolyn. Thank you, Rick. Okay. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Have a good